Welcome to Out of the Woods, the Threat Hunting Podcast. I want to welcome everyone to another edition of the Out of the Woods Threat Hunting Podcast. Uh, this is Scott Poley, your host, and today is a special edition where we get to have an in-depth conversation with our guest, Hamid. Hamid, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Um, I'm an uh, employee at Cuyahoga Community College okay. in a workforce community economic development, corporate college. I've been with the college for 24 years. Sorry, I'm taking and running with it. Yeah, you're good. So for 24 years, and I deal with both the credit and non-credit. Now we are getting combined with the School of Information Technology, Smart Manufacturing. Okay. And uh, our dear president uh, that came on board within the last year and a half, um, take a look at the demographic and take a look at uh, what we are doing locally and regionally. They come up with the uh, school of uh, going forward, combining some of the schools so we can serve our clientele students much better than what it is right now. Um, my leadership in the college uh, at the Workforce Community Economic Deve- Development, um, Shonda, Shonda Mulberry, okay. and uh, she is continuously pushing the envelope on a career and continued education and workforce training for our local community, for corporate America that we have. Today, I had a conversation regarding um, the job and opportunity that is within the security and cybersecurity and the talent gap that yeah. we and the college see in uh, our workforce economic development uh, and as well as the credit side, to try to shorten that talent gap so the people, the corporation can have more access to the talent locally and regionally as we go forward. So in your education, do you primarily focus on trying to get people certified or do you do kind of uh, fundamental skills that may be in tangent to certifications? Um, let me talk about my field okay. from continued education, workforce training. Um, our clientele, average age is about 40, 45. Okay. They come from a variety of sites. They, as a veteran, for example, yeah. they have a security clearance. They come in to get the certification to get in into the uh, service provider side of it, for example, uh-huh. or get into the corporate that they require. The requirement is based on the governance that they have uh, to the banking, financial, right. healthcare, and so on and so forth, manufacturing. Um, uh, so I deal with that aspect of it, and they walk in from... Uh, no knowledge or background, or they come in, they want to go from software side of it to security side of it, hardware side of it, network side of it. Uh, we accommodate that. And if we can accommodate it, we have a partnership with our credit side that okay. they can go to the credit side and continue getting a training as well as getting for ready for a degree program so they can continue the path of it. Uh, uh, education and a degree program within the collaboration that we have with CSU, Cleveland State University, Akron University, and so many other okay. regional universities. So transferable. When people go through your programs, what's the the length of time they usually spend? The, the oh my goodness, uh, that's the wrong question to ask because <laughs> I'm going to throw everybody out of the way. That the the way we are doing it in our workforce community uh, training uh, is uh, boot camp style. Okay. So, uh, I always use this simple uh, uh, analogy, as I said, you need to eat, sleep, dream, shower, talk, walk, because it's a boot camp it's uh-huh. coming to you. What we do at uh, different colleges, university, in particular at Cuyahoga Community College, our credit side for a degree, in a year period, we are doing it in our workforce in a month and a half, two months period, right? Okay. The length of it. Yeah. So the, the faucet is open and there's no way I can <laughs> turn it off, right? So that's what the training. Usually they come in 
looking for the certification job readiness or the company organization bought or invested in infrastructure from Cisco uh, into the millions of dollars, they need their internal staff to go through the training. Right. They send them to us or Cisco sells, let them know that we are exist and we can do right. that stuff for them. In the shortest period of time, they can do the implementation, installation of the hardware and the data center. So do you do offsite or is everything on site for every, for your training? Do you, um, do you kind of customize? Well, I am a uh, um, great believer of having a hands-on. Right. Okay. Instead of doing it remotely or doing it with a simulated package, right. you need to have, you need to touch the tangible equipment, the devices and see what the devices are doing for you and how they can secure the hackers, crackers, spammers, or the patches that you need to be implemented on, uh, uh, de devices within a data center. Yeah, I'm a firm believer. I know I went through a lot of Cisco-based training when I was in the military, and it was just switchers. switchers. Oh, thank you so much, by the way, for your oh, yeah, absolutely. to our country. Uh, but it was switchers and routers, and I remember, you know, just even wrapping my head around at the time because I wasn't around that ever as my Quite first extensive. exposure. Yeah. Right, and being able to work with the hardware uh, made— is essential. Yeah, it made a huge difference. There were so many things I learned— that you wouldn't really know in any kind of simulation or any kind of remote, right? right? Just by interacting with it. I have people that they go through the other universities and they do the simulation. They come back to us. They said, I really didn't have that yeah. hands-on. I don't know what I'm talking about. And mo depending on the sector of economy, most of the people that they graduate or they go through our program, specifically on the workforce side, when they go for an interview, uh, the directors, the managers of the data center, they hand them the scenario case. They said, by the way, they're coping in the corner. Go, why are you putting that together? I'll go get the rest of the team to get ready for the interview. So it's different from a different sectors, what right. they're doing and where they are. And if they're looking at the scenario and a topology and they don't know how to configure this, or how to put even connected cables to the right port, they lost the job opportunity right there and right. then, right? right? So we emphasize on that kind of stuff because we work with a lot of uh, vendor, they call it VOIR, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or we work a lot with uh, channel partner, as they call it in the Cisco term, uh, that they emphasizing on we need hands-on experience. We need the certification for them to come and implement that, right? So I know there's a lot of devices and certifications within Cisco. Um, and when I was doing all this, there wasn't as many back in the day when I was you know, running amok in the networks, <laughs> right? Um, can you speak to the level of, as far as like the entry level type stuff that you guys offer, the scale to some of the more advanced stuff? That Absolutely. People be the Abs on? Absolutely. I've been in it long enough to know that <laughs> stuff, right? So um, regarding what to offer on a year to year basis every six months, um, I'm connected with the Cisco sales office in Dublin. I'm connected with okay. Cisco sales office in Richfield, for example. I talk to them to see what are they selling? Who is the customer? Yeah, what good. are they yeah. implementing? Where are they going with all of this stuff? So they get a pulse of the market, right? right? And then our instructors in our workforce, they come from industry. They do the same thing on a daily basis. They work with major corporations. Mm -hmm. they, they come from Cisco system with the highest level of certification from industry to teach some of that stuff. I get that feedback, and then I adjust the course offering according to what the okay. market needs are. That's number one. And number two, on our credit side, uh, on our information technology credit side, we offer the CCNA, right? Okay. And then we are using a Cisco Networking Academy, which is fantastic, non-philanthropy, philanthropy part arm of Cisco, to, that offer, and within that portal, they have a talent search and talent acquisition, and so on and so forth. And that takes about a year uh, to, to as 
to, to nine months, if I'm not mistaken, to go through that training. But on our workforce side, we have access to 45 different classes and courses. Okay. So we go from CCNA in a different flavor of it. Right. CCNA stands for Cisco Certified Network Associate. Mm-hmm. And they go in routing and switching. They go in uh, cybersecurity. They go in a DevOps, right? And then they go into the CCMP. Service provider is another one. And we offer based on the market needs or on what market uh, needs requ- required. So um, Cisco uh, Learning Institute, uh, Cisco System, Cisco U, uh, for example, they changed some of that scenario mm-hmm. as of February of 2021 okay. uh, with some of the certification. They streamlined some of that certification to be able to respond to the market need as we go through it. By the way, some of the Cisco certification, specifically uh, CCMP, a Cisco Certified Network Professional Security side of it, is being authorized by Department of Homeland Security, right? Yeah. By NIST. So that's the foundation that they go through it. So if you have those kind of collabor- uh, um, certification and understanding of what's going on, you have a better opportunity of getting a job within the market from federal government, state yeah. government, and local government going for it. So they're promoting their own certification is one of the most afterthought valuable certification in a country as we speak right now. So everybody wants that. I am in a conference that everybody's talking about theory, talking about uh, policy, procedure, writing it, uh, auditing, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the technical side, that's the one that is mi- missing from equation. And I do, do talk to the Cisco system. I'm going to throw some of the um, uh, competitive names there, like Palo Alto, for example, Checkpoint, for example, Juniper, for example. If you know Cisco, you know most all of those people, right? Yeah. Because they're using a CLI, they're using some of the things. Now, I don't know if you guys know that or not. As of two weeks ago, Cisco just bought the company called Splunk yes. for $28 billion <laughs> yeah, cash. Big news. <laughs> right? So to bring some of that technology in the Cisco equipment at cash, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, they're looking at where the market and trend is globally, and they try to implement some of the AIs and some of the visibility and mm-hmm. the security side of it into the devices as they go forward. So it's interesting when you, you talk about all these technologies that Cisco utilizes. I know Cisco AMP was a big thing in security. Absolutely. And um, and it, the, the the beauty of AMP and also kind of the crux of AMP is you need Cisco for it to work well. Absolutely. Right? DNA side of right. Cisco. Yeah, so you can't like pick and choose what you want. If you want it to work the right way, you need to be all in. Um, and as far as some of the training you guys go through, I don't know, are there certifications that really bridge that gap so people can understand how those technologies work together in that way? Um, if you're coming as a student raw into the program and we have a boot camp style, I make sure that they understand what are they getting into, Okay, right? What they need to put in there from the time, energy, effort, sacrifices that they need to go. Yeah. Because at the end of the tunnel, there's a beautiful, bright, right, the future, jobs, opportunity, yeah. the rest of your life. So the technical side of it is always in demand, right? Of course, that's going to go through the changes, but it's never going to go away, right? You can move the data center from from here and put it in India or put it in some of uh, a different land, foreign land, as they call it, right? Because you need security on the parameters, you need security with equipment, you need electricity, and you need cooling, heating and cooling. The list goes on and on and on. So that always stays here. It can go away. But the other part of the equation is when you talk about the technology, uh, if you remember the 2000 bubble, technology bubble, right? Most of that stuff was outsourced, right? I don't want to make comment about the specific part of it, but it's been outsourced. If you Google it, you find out, right? But the Cisco job, because it's hardware, because it's 
needed to be in a data center is not going to go away. We have a data center um, 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 participant in here called Involta. It's a Cisco shop, right? Yeah. So you can touch, you can go to, um, since we are in Cleveland, in local um, economy and regional economy, if you take a look at nationwide insurance, you look at a Cleveland Clinic, you look at University Hospital, Parker Hannaford, uh, look at this uh, Siemens Corporation, um, Eden Corporation, they're all Cisco shop. Right? You can't run away from it. Uh, is there to secure the network and give you access to e-commerce yeah. as you're doing it, right? Deploying it. Yeah, no. I hope I answered your question. No, yeah, you touched around it, but I was going to talk about, um, and you talk about your students and the programs they go through and how you kind of are looking at what are the technologies being utilized so you make sure your programs are offering what is required. Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. Um, and then the job that is attached to that job, right? right. Uh, Sometimes we come across a student before they even sit in the chair and said, so where's the job that you promised, right? <laughs> I said, I mean, there is more up a little bit, right? Then yeah. we can talk about the job. Uh, in today's economy, it's been like this uh, um, the, during the COVID, right? Uh, the is employee market, not yeah. employer market. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's looking for a job. Um, I brought in about 50 of our students in here from our workforce. I invited the credit side the student to come in here. They're coming here, they're talking to the vendor. Okay. We are a great participant in here, trying to promote higher education, the best that we can go. Our leadership in the college, Dr. Bastian, um, and Shauna uh, Marbury, they continuously talking about getting involved with the community, getting a corporate community, and make sure that they have enough talent to keep the job and opportunity right. integrated Cleveland. Yeah. So we are trying to promote that as we go forward, right? Uh, Dr. Bastian, every day is out there, talk about continued education, workforce, 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 because that's the shortage of workforce that we are feeling right now. So he's collaborating with a different partner within a corporate private sector as well as the public sector to get the message across and we have to have some product that is in demand right now. And we do, if we don't have it in our uh, portfolio, we have to create it and right. offer it. To- now, as far as success rates, you know, I don't know if you guys track you know, from your student success to go through your program. Do you have any idea as far as? Oh, absolutely, right, a- absolutely. If they let us know, <laughs> we'd be more than happy to track it. But uh, I, I, my goodness, uh, t- I walked in today, and uh, was it Tuesday, uh, Steve? You, you're aware of it. Some of the people are coming in, and they they shook hand and they said, "You're a bright spot and a bright light in my professional development. I'm where I am because of you." Oh, right? very cool. It's not me. It's the college that provided that opportunity right. for me to be there to help the community as we go through it, and that's. That wasn't the only individual, right? There are many of them coming to our booths and talking to us what we are doing, the hidden treasure in the community as a Cuyahoga Community College. We try to implement and try to accommodate as we go through it. So the success rate that you talk, the one that I track is about 60 70%, right? Okay. But because of the, the way economy is, they don't have to have a certification. All they have to have the knowledge and a background and experience and add that stuff into the into the resume. Uh, I was doing a presentation right now about the breaches in the cybersecurity and how to prevent that and manage that. Okay. Um, the audience that was sitting there, um, I, I talked to the gentleman from uh, City of Mentor. Okay. All right. He's a director of network infrastructures. I talked to the Progressive Insurance. I talked to the variety of group from different companies sitting there. And they were all talking, Intel was sitting in the thing, and they were all testifying that we need talent. We need talent. Right. You give us a talent, 
there is no education or no certification needed. That's the market that we are in right now. This market going to get changed. Yeah. So the certification, the education is always played a role in the success of the clientele as they go through it, right? It, it adds to the longevity of employment as you go through it, right? If right. you're certified in a field that is in demand. Right. You actually have something to show for what you could, what you know, what you can do, right? Right. Um, so one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm curious about, and you may have touched on it, and I may not have just grabbed onto it, is so it sounds like you have a big presence in the community in general, right? As a college, as a community college, yes, absolutely. I like to say within the state of Ohio, <laughs> if I'm not saying within the local community, right? So does that help with, you know, candidates to go through the, you know, your process and your training you know, do they have jobs or people that are, are looking for oh, them coming right out? Absolutely. It's not a matter of they having a job. The job is waiting for them. Again, the way the economy is right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody's coming. As I said, we have 50 of our students coming in here and talking to them. Again, they may not have a confidence in themselves, but by coming to the kind of conferences, yeah, yeah. talking to the vendors, going for an interview, having a personal touches and shake hand and exchanging contact information, they build to that confidence to go ahead and get a job, right? Um, the opportunity is out there for them. Again, as I said, this economy, I hope it stays longer, right? <laughs> but the way it is right now, but it might change. And then the degree side coming to the pictures a little bit more. And uh, we are here to accommodate as a college, a two-year community college, and built a four-year uh, degree program. We are doing that right now with a four-year degree program. They call it integrated digital manufacturing. I need to plug in a little bit for manufacturing side <laughs> because what is happening nationwide from administration, from previous president to the current sitting president, they're all promoting to decoupling of the technology, decoupling manufacturing from China, decoupling economy, right? right? right, right. So they're bringing some of those manufacturing in town, so uh, in the country. So there's a new term out there, right? We all heard about onshoring, offshoring, friendly shoring, near shoring, right? So when the manufacturing coming in, we don't have enough talented, educated workforce to take care of all this inflow of manufacturing jobs within the community. Right. So is the, the the thing, the role of educating these people fall on us at a community college, try see, for example, our other uh, four-year degree institution. We talk to Intel, for example, mm -hmm. uh, the governor, lieutenant governor's office coming up constantly with the funding for us to provide the training for them. For example, 5G, um, if I go out of the rural area in uh, in Ohio, they don't have any connectivity and access to the internet. So they bring in some of those funding for us to train these people to be able to install the cell tower. So the collaboration between Youngstown State University, Center of Innovation, Cuyahoga Community College, and some other Lorraine Community College, and some other colleges and some other career tech to mm -hmm. provide the workforce. So our president, uh, Dr. Bastian, continuously promoting the collaboration and partnership with the different institutions yeah, yeah. is very important. Yeah. So, because we can do it all, right? Right, right. It <laughs> doesn't matter how much we wanted to do it, that collaboration and partnership has to be there. And of course, uh, the Cisco Network Academy plays a huge role in providing um, the material, the curriculum, the certification for the current student on a credit side, right, uh, and non-credit side to get them going, to get uh, to get satisfied the need and the shortage of talent and the gap within the talent. That'd be right. Hard. So it sounds like, I mean, you, you've got 
kind of a great product in general as far as what you guys have to offer and how you're you know keeping a beat on what what people need and how to stay current and how to make people successful right um what are what are say some of the challenges that you guys have uh the challenges um the speed of changes that they have to yeah. the right? <laughs> so everybody the, has, uh, yeah. yeah how to adopt to those speed to the changes that is coming in so I have always said to everybody what's going on in San Jose, mm. what's going on in Apple campus and Cisco campus and Google campus right. and uh, Palo Alto campus, all of the, what is taking place in a rate of innovation, right? Right. And by the time you come to middle America, is a gap. Okay. Right? So are we looking at those coast to coast to see what they're doing and adopting it or we are reacting to it, right? So the way the we are working right now, looking at those changes that is taking place nationwide, the government policy, whether it is the federal government, state government, mm-hmm. the funding that attached to getting a tuition or reimbursement of the tuition or a scholarship, oh, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff plays a role for us, right? right. Uh, this uh, governor that we have and the lieutenant governor, they're really uh, on the forefront of uh, looking at the shortage of labor, looking at the shortage of talent as they bring brought in Intel Corporation in Central Ohio, right, right. a $20 billion investment, right? Uh, they're looking for the talent to fill some of these jobs and positions. So we are working with Hawaii Department of Higher Education. We are working with uh, Ohio Means Jobs. We are working with the Lieutenant Governor's Office and Governor's Office through our leadership, Sean Mulberry, as I mentioned, to EVP of uh, uh, Workforce Economic Development or continued uh, economic development, as well as our president, try to have that presence mm-hmm. into those conversation, discussion, whether it's regarded to 5G, for example, regarded in security and cybersecurity or Intel Corporation or any other company that they need uh, for talent. We try to be involved in that conversation to see what you guys need and how we can remedy and sort of satisfy some of those talented and keep the job local, right? right. If, if you have a job, you pay your taxes, I don't have to pay as much, right? That's the bottom line. So, so how many people can you guys support in your program at once, size-wise? You know, you, you mentioned like hands-on is really important, short, right? That's another bottleneck, right? okay? Because there are not enough talented people from industry to come and teach this stuff, okay? Right? So, um, time-wise, uh, energy-wise. Uh, contributing as a philanthropy, or as a, I'm sorry, as a good citizen mm-hmm. within the system, right. come and do it. Um, they're overwhelmed right now because of the talent. Everybody's doing a double job and triple job, yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm wherever I go, and I, I need to promote it right now. I am looking for instructors. <laughs> I'm looking for the talent from the industry to bring some of that experience into the classroom and try to uh, give back to the community in any form that is possible. Teaching is phenomenal. Or higher education is phenomenal. We have a role to play in the growth of the economy, whether it's a local or regional or um, nationwide, and we are trying to uh, satisfy that. Th- so that's one of the shortages that we have right now, okay. trying to attack the right group of people. If you yourself set aside <laughs> and you're doing that, you're more than welcome to come and teach some of that. Well, I was, I was going to ask. Credit or non-credit? I was, yeah, I was going to ask, what are the requirements to even do that if you were interested in Oh, absolutely. Uh, the credit side has their own requirement. Okay. Um, I am not 100% a preview of the, the, what the requirement is. What degree do they have to have? What certification qualification do they have? What kind of background check? But in our non-credit side, uh, we have a little bit more freedom okay. to um, get the people come on board and start teaching. 
but they have to know how to present the material right. to work with the equipment and bring that experience. So I, I, if I remember correctly, the, the instructors I had teaching Cisco stuff, you at least had to have the certification. Is that yes. what you'd expect, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Have to have that. I mean, it's essential. Um, but some institution, they said, okay, uh, you have the experience, you come from industry, you had the certification, you really don't have to maintain it. It, it, it depends. Right. But uh, Cisco is promoting it. You have to be uh, what they call a CCAI, Cisco Certified Academy Instructor, okay. to teach some of that stuff as you go through. Now, is that a separate training you'd have to get on top of your certification? Uh, yes, um, on a, a Cisco side. If you have a CCNA and you want to go through uh, academy and teach that academy, um, they have some characteristic uh, protocol. Uh, one of it, for example, is uh, for you to uh, go through orientation, okay, right, to get to know the portal, to get to know, have the access to the equipment, uh, have the access to the material, to the curriculum, because they develop the curriculum along with the lab, along with the presentation and material, and you have to have access to it. You have to go through some guideline in order to get there. Okay, very fast. But I went through it. I had to go through the whole <laughs> training. I was in 1998. So then what certifications do you hold? Curiosity. Uh, uh, you want to see my business? <laughs> <laughs> so you have the alphabet soup of certifications, right? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. But again, uh, coming from the industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's going on. Uh, yeah. uh, so you want an alphabetical soup right, right there. That's it. It's enough. I'll say that. It's <laughs> enough. Right, 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 right. Uh, very cool. Um, so one of the things I like to, you know, also talk on just from your perspective, because, you know, you're identifying a need, right? As far as there's talent and, and you're trying to fill it with education um, and to get the qualified people out there to do certain jobs or needed jobs, right? Um, but when you look at cybersecurity as an industry, what are your biggest concerns from that um, perspective that, that you think we should do better at addressing? Uh, that was uh, a theme of my conversation today. Was it? I was doing your presentation. Well, here, I'm, I'm all ears. So I missed the, your presentation. No, that's Apologies. a lot. Of, <laughs> as, then, that's quite all right. Um, continue education. Continue okay. education. Awareness, right? Uh, planning within organization. Um, um, uh, playing the role of blue hat, red hat. Mm -hmm. um, you're right, right? Uh, and changing position or team every so often. Uh, trying to predict where they're coming from and what they're doing and where they are. Um, internal training for their staff that is needed, for example. Yeah. Behavioral analysis that it goes with it, for example. And many other things, right? So you have to be, uh, if you have organization with a 10,000 employee, like Eden Corporation, for mm -hmm. example, or Cisco System with 78,000 right. employees, right? Microsoft and, and Apple and so on and so forth. Or uh, Parker Hannaford. The many other organizations, the large enterprise network, right? You have to have enough training, enough, uh, bah, bah, bah. your policy and procedure has to get changed and adopted to the changes that is taking place within the network right. because they come Staying from current. all over the place. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I, I did, when I was doing a presentation today, I took them to Talos. Talos is yeah. a Cisco cybersecurity center, is the second to NASA, right? Take a look at where this traffic is coming from. Right globally, right right now, is happening right now in yep. real time, right? And take a look at where most of this traffic is generated and what kind of the cybersecurity attack or viruses or ban in the metal is taking place, right? Um, globally, U.S. was number one, right? 
then you go to Ukraine, then you go to Germany, then you go to Netherlands, then you go to Bulgaria, then you go to Turkey, mm -hmm. and the list goes on and on and on, right? How do you have to monitor and manage that stuff? So if you have that uh, contract CCO account, right, with the Cisco, uh, and you have access to some of those uh, knowledge-based information, uh, the role of security and cybersecurity individual is continuing to research. Research, yeah. research, research. Uh, be part of the forum, be part of the blog, be part of the conversation that is taking place. Go to the conferences, learn from the vendors, different vendors that is coming in. Get a continued education and training, hopefully with the Cuyahoga Community College, right, as we go forward. And as you're learning all of that and you're going through all of that uh, process, it's still not enough, yeah. right? Because you never know where they're going to come from and how they do it. So... One of the things that I mentioned to them is segment, segment, segment. Segmentation is the name of the game. You have to segment the network as much as you can. So so as far as the training goes, do you offer training at different times of the day, or do you have to actually uh, meet certain requirements? For uh, on the credit side, there are much more accommodating uh, during a day and evening and weekend, if I'm not mistaken, right? On our non-credit side, if, we, if I have the number, if the college workforce has the number, we can conduct a class. And I have available instructor, that's like, yeah, yeah, right, that, to yeah. teach the class. But usually our classes are in the evening because most of the people are working. And this is coming in to get the additional training to get better jobs or within the job, have more job security, right? We have from evening from 6 to 10, Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. And then we have all day Saturday okay. going through it. Right? So you got some flexibility there. It's nice. Yeah, one of the things you said that I, I think is really important to me, and that's always been in cybersecurity, just continuing education, education. right? Because always. I know a lot of people will get in, and I feel like just to stay current on things, but also, you know, if you have tool sets you don't use, you kind of forget how to use oh, them. Absolutely. Right? So absolutely. I, I think training is one way to keep up in that in that capacity. And so I think it's really important for organizations to invest in their people um, for that. Um, but I also think... And, you know, one of the reasons I love what I do in cybersecurity is I feel like I get paid to research, right? I'm just constantly That's, day to day. Uh, but when, when it's I a have, great field for that. Yeah, when I have the classes in the security, first thing I do every day, for example, our instructors doing it, piece of paper regarding research, right? They start with that is a whole page that they have to write where it's coming from, what's going on, um, who's doing what. What are the scenario base, right? So well, that's about half an hour, 45 minutes, yeah. and then exchange a paper and then have a blue team, have a red team that can facilitate that and work with the devices like ASAs, mm -hmm. like IPSs, IDSs, and many other equipment that the Cisco have. Work with the Cisco router that have a uh, security, enterprise security things in there, right? And then talk about Palo Alto again. Talk about some other com competition, but not everybody's a Cisco shop, right? Right, right? They have a multiple different manufacturer vendor within the infrastructure, so make it difficult for hackers to go through the system and going through it. That's not good enough, right? right. So right. at the same time, we keep ta talking to them about being aware of the patches that is coming in, yeah. being aware of the EOL that is out there, being aware of what they need to install as a GD, ED, uh, you know, early deployment, general deployment, and so on and so forth. So they have to be aware of all of that stuff so to keep the equipment up to date. And if your equipment is EOL, end of life, 
Take it off and match for. Why do you have end of life device? Because it works so well after it. Well, uh, that's part of the investment, right? That's right. part of the investment that organization have to be aware of it, that you can't just run your security, uh, today's security, based on yesterday's equipment. Right? right. So you have to update it as you go through. Yeah, I know something that, you know, I talked about it um, in one of our live podcast sessions with uh, some coworkers, and it was about the recent uh, Cisco vulnerability. Um where they're able to take advantage of oh absolutely yeah the the web inter- the web GUI right uh, take advantage of that to drop payloads have remote access oh absolutely denial of services the yeah other rec- well the the thing about that which I, I was joking with my colleague because we had to get our CCNA when we were in the military to maintain the right access and everything as a kind of a requirement and I was like wasn't the first thing we learned in that training was if you're not going to use the web GUI configuration you just disable that service absolutely. it shouldn't even exist. It- and we started hearing that everyone's getting hit with all this, and I feel like there's just some fundamental training that if people had those basic fundamentals, that problem wouldn't exist. I use the same scenario in a different way. I said, if you have a switch with 48 ports, and you're only using two, two ports, yeah. shut down the rest of the port. <laughs> right. Why do you have a port right. open, right? If you're not using a certain protocol, do not enable on that certain protocol. Make sure where the traffic is coming and going, and make sure that you can do a data analysis of all those traffic that is going. As I said, most of it is research. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody coming from Ukraine or Russia or Tajikistan or Argentina, and you have no branches in those countries, where they're coming to your network from? Right. Shut it down. You know, uh, implement some security things as it goes through it. Uh, they are being very creative nowadays. Uh, they get to you in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. That's why the continued education, technical training is very important right. for you guys to keep your certification up to date as you go through it, right? So, Well, I, I really appreciate the time we've had to talk about this. It's my just, pleasure. It's been fun to learn about how you're impacting the community and what you're able to offer. I, that's not me. That's guys well, go community college, right? By the way, I'm an employee of the- the, you're, you're helping facilitate some things right, and in the right. mix, absolutely. Um, so one of the things, you know, I don't know if you have any, any parting uh, comments you want to make. Um, I, if I may uh, just plug in, a little bit for our community colleges. Okay. They have a role to play nationwide. Uh, we are much more agile to respond to the need of the corporate America than our uh, brother and four-year universities, right? Um, a workforce economic development, workforce training is very important. It's been in demand for as long as I'm being in that sector of economy. Right. As you can see it, uh, I go back to President Bush Sr., President Bush, Clinton, and all other presidents after him. They all call themselves educational president, and they're all pouring money into the workforce, right? Yeah. They see something, they read something, they get the report that there is a shortage of workforce. This has been going on in chronicle way, in many different ways. We have, as a community colleges, a, a, a great role to play to satisfy some of that shortage that we see in a community and be more agile to respond to those changes that is coming in, right? So um, um, uh, there is a great competition going on for a talent right now, right? right? So how do we have to respond to remedy some of that and go through it? Um, President Biden's office mentioned something from um, budgetary point, right? Um, I can't remember the uh, the name right now. Um, that uh, inflation is there because their jobs is there, right? In January, that was part of my presentation. 514,000 jobs was created in 
April, May, June, July, and so on and so forth. Right. Last month, 377,000 jobs, 37,000 jobs was created. And we they anticipate 185,000 jobs, right? So how are we responding to all of these openings to right. satisfy that? Community colleges is much more in tune with responding to those shortages that is out there. Yeah, I believe they have a lot of flexibility there. We need help from private sector. We need help from private sector in collaboration with our higher education to collaborate better, to partner better. That's where our president is continuously talking about it, Dr. Bastian. So that's awesome. So call to arms for the private sector. We'll get that message Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Please, 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 <laughs> please. It's a collaboration, a partnership. No one sector can do it all. Right. So, Absolutely. So for our listeners, you know, one of the things, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you learned something. I hope you, you understood what was important in the message that was being presented today. Um, and happy hunting. Thank you for having me here uh, uh, to talk about some of the opportunities and some of the training that we do through our take Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Out of the Woods podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Cyborg Security, check us out online at www.cyborgsecurity.com and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time.